Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. Australia's most procedurally generated podcast network. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello, fighters. Welcome to News Fighters for today, March 11th. 2021. I'm your host, Dylan Bain. Coming up on today's show, an in-depth look at the past year of relations between Australia and China. But first, some slippery news out of Victoria. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is in intensive care tonight after slipping and falling on wet stairs at a holiday home this morning. The 48-year-old suffered several broken ribs and damaged vertebrae. Yes, which means thanks to Dan Andrews, this past week Victoria had more state premiers in the ICU than COVID patients. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd like to get Casey Briggs to plot this on a graph for me. What's the current R rate of ICU admissions for state premiers in Australia? Also, everyone, can we please just do our bit and keep our steps dry? We need to flatten the curve of our state premiers going into intensive care. Everyone, we're all in this together. I think we need to hold like a music telethon concert thing. Can someone get Ben Lee on the phone? Is Ben Lee available? He is available, but we didn't even tell him what it was for. Ah, hang up. He's out of intensive care now. doesn't matter. Of course, speedy recovery and best wishes to Premier Andrews uh, on his uh, full recovery. Uh, Thankfully, though, uh, I heard his injuries could have been way worse. He he took a fall this morning as he was preparing for work. He's in hospital as a precaution, getting some precautionary x-rays. No head injuries. Of course, we all know his head was protected by his giant ears, which cushioned the impact. And I'm allowed to make that joke because I also have giant ears. Okay, but now to important news out of California. A new coronavirus variant has been discovered in California. No, I said important news out of California. Tonight, Harry and Meghan unleash hell. Harry and Meghan detonate a Buckingham Palace bomb. 
Bombshell after bombshell in a seismic interview with Oprah. The bombshell interview sending shockwaves all the way to Buckingham Palace. Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah has sent shockwaves through the royal family with their bombshell claims making headlines worldwide. Yes, but this wasn't just the latest edition of Oprah's Sook Club. The interview is full of serious revelations and allegations that could prove quite damaging to the royal family. The Duchess of Sussex has made shocking claims about deep-seated racism within the royal family. Meghan Markle said members of the royal family had expressed concern about how dark her baby's skin would be. He won't be given security. He's not going to be given a title. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. Which led Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain to have a normal one. They basically make out the entire royal family a bunch of white supremacists by dropping this race bombshell. Uh, Yeah, Piers, not sure if you've done any research on the British Empire, but uh, all that colonialism stuff, it kind of had a bit of a whiff of white supremacy about it. You might want to look that up in in literally any history book. Oh, and speaking of not doing any research, kudos to these British YouTube pranksters who managed to pull one over some professional royal commentators. Two UK pranksters asked four royal experts experts if they could pre-record their commentary of the Oprah interview, which meant they would have to pretend they had seen it. They willingly agreed with a fee attached for their toil. You, you've not seen the interview yet, have you? No. No, great. What was your overall impression of the interview? I think that this was an extremely hard-hitting interview. Yeah. Look at those dumb royal commentators commentating on something they haven't even watched all the way through. Who do they think they are? Comedy writers. Get a podcast, losers. And back in Australia, Carl Stefanovic on Today proved that he really wasn't paying attention to the substance of the interview. I tell you it was positive, despite all the serious allegations. It was a wonderful garden. It was beautiful. I couldn't take my eyes off the cooch. You know what I'm saying? Grass. Yeah, look at it. It's perfectly manicured cooch. Yes, thanks for the uh, double entendre there, Carl. That was either the least insightful bit of royal commentary I've ever heard, and that's really saying something, or uh, Carl there was just training up to be a guest on a reboot of the sleazy 70s Aussie game show, Blankety Blanks. The Martian said, on Mars, our women have light bulbs instead of blanks. Perfectly manicured cooch. Okay, on to pandemic news and international bands might not be back on tour yet, but international pontiffs are. A historic visit, Pope Francis's momentous trip to Iraq. He then returned to the regional capital, Erbil, for the biggest and final set piece of his visit, celebrating mass in front of an estimated 10,000 people. Despite concerns over spreading the coronavirus, Iraq has recorded a sharp rise in infections over the past month and few in the crowd were wearing masks. Wait a second, what are you doing, Popey? You're getting more maskless Christians together than at a Trump rally. But don't worry, the Pope has been taking precautions. On the plane, he said he decided to go despite the rise in COVID cases in Iraq, saying he prayed intensely and suggesting God would protect those who came to see him from the virus. Well, I guess that means that according to the Pope, the real vaccine was inside of us all along. Coming up, the main story on China versus Australia. Hold up. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. So, this week marks China's biggest annual political event, the week-long National People's Party Congress meeting in Beijing. It's kind of like a uh, rigged uh, 60s game show, uh, but also with more rubber stamps than at a stationery seller's convention. And as part of the rigmarole, we got to see China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi do a very rare press conference. Now, even though all the questions had to be pre-submitted and were screened beforehand and were then read by a translator, I still think we managed to get an insightful and amazing instance of the media holding this authoritarian superpower to account. CGTN. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the restoration of the lawful seat of the People's Republic of China in the United Nations. Could you give us some comments on this topic? Over the past year, the foreign ministry has done a great deal in helping our fellow countrymen overseas to cope with COVID-19. This year marks the 20th anniversary of China's accession to the World Trade Organization, a landmark event in China's integration into and opening up to the world. How does China view this? How would you describe China's diplomacy over the past year? What diplomatic priorities and highlights could we expect to see this year? Wow. I haven't seen questions that sucky-uppy since Sky News' Paul Murray interviewed Donald Trump. Mr. President, how are you? What do you want to say to your many Australian supporters? When are you coming to Australia? What's the best thing you've ever ordered from the kitchen downstairs? Mr. President, thank you, sir. Honor. Thank you. Fun fact, I'm never going to get tired of playing that. Amazingly, a question on an actually controversial topic managed to sneak through on the Chinese oppression of the Muslim Uyghurs. China's top diplomat has dismissed as ridiculously absurd claims of genocide against ethnic Uyghurs in western Xinjiang province. Foreign Minister Yang Wei, Wang Yi has instead pointed to Australia's treatment of indigenous people as an example of atrocities. Speaking of genocide... Many people would have in their minds the Native Americans of the 16th century, African slaves of the 19th century, the Jewish people of the 20th century, and the Aboriginal Australians who are still struggling even today. Wow, quite an amazing piece of uh, whataboutism rhetoric there from Minister Ye. I'm not sure if the right response to any question ever is, uh, yeah, well, what about their genocide? 
Of course, the comparison isn't completely fair because at least in Australia, we're allowed to publicly acknowledge our tragic Indigenous past with things like football rounds and, and Invasion Day rallies. Well, well, not this year, but, but, but normally. Uh, and also, our journalists can report on it in the media without fear of disappearing into a network of shadowy labour camps like all the Uyghurs have. I mean, the BBC tried to do a report on the uh, Uyghurs forced labour camps in Xinjiang and, th- and they didn't disappear, uh, but they did wind up subjected to a horribly hilarious and badly acted YouTube critique uh, by the Communist Party news machine that to me resembled a cross between uh, Media Watch and uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Fake news. The BBC is twisting the facts. What did you say? BBC is making things up? Yeah, check out this video report on Xinjiang. They obviously didn't do a complete investigation. Mm, I know how you feel, but calm down a bit and show me your evidence. My God, I almost expected them to say, BBC, you're tearing China apart. Okay, so let's step back and take a broader look at Australia's relationship with China over the past year since the pandemic started. And um, media, how would you describe it? Australia's relations with China have hit a dangerous new low. Relations between China and Australia are worsening. Diplomatic relations have already plummeted to their lowest level in decades. The relationship's a mess, never worse in 30 years. There is now all-out diplomatic war between Australia and China. Yes, and the front line of this diplomatic war has clearly been trade, where despite Australia and China having a free trade agreement, the past year has seen China cracking down on seemingly everything Australia exports to them. We've seen trade sanctions on a raft of Australian exports like barley, beef, wine, seafood and coal. China has formalised import restrictions on coal, targeting Australia's $14 billion industry. Substantial new tariffs effectively doubling or even tripling the cost of Australian wine in China have now come into force. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking to rescue 20 tonnes of lobsters held up on planes at Shanghai Airport. Yes, lobsters on a plane. The worst Samuel L. Jackson sequel yet. And I hear that thanks to China's actions, the price of rock lobster has been going down, down, down. It's a B-52s joke. Uh, So uh, what would make China uh, do this to us? China's threats against Australian barley and beef exports are widely seen as retribution for Canberra demanding an independent inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus. China is lashing out at Australia and its allies for criticising Beijing's latest moves to cripple Hong Kong's democracy. Australia has criticised China's treatment of Uyghur Muslims, China's new security law in Hong Kong, and its banned Huawei from its 5G network on security grounds. Okay, so despite us being a minor middle power, Australia has really managed to get under China's skin this past year. In fact, China has got so angry at us that they drew up a list of 14 grievances like they're a teenager mad at their parents. The Prime Minister says he will not back down over an explosive dossier listing Beijing's problems with Australia. A 14-point dossier critical of foreign interference laws, Australia's call for a coronavirus inquiry and foreign relation laws which would allow Canberra to cancel agreements like Victoria's Belt and Road deal with Beijing, warning if you make China the enemy, China will be the enemy. Yeah, I mean, who draws up a list of grievances against Australia when your population is 55 times bigger than us? It's a bit like me drawing up a list of grievances against my pet goldfish. Uh, Number nine, stop swimming in circles, Nemo. 
But this stroppy teenage behaviour continued when China decided to stop answering Australia's diplomatic phone calls. Again, it's like we're all high school kids and China saw us talking to a girl from another school at the bus stop. Beijing is refusing to return diplomatic calls made by Canberra amid growing trade tensions. Australia's trade minister struggling to get China to pick up the phone. And Australian ministers, they can't even get their Chinese counterparts on the phone. Yeah, China's all like, Australia was mean to me. I'm not going to answer the phone unless they let me build their 5G network in their country. And then, I'm not making this up, they said... Australia hurt their feelings. A senior Chinese diplomat has accused Australia of hurting his country's feelings by demanding an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. Forget wolf worry diplomacy. This is starting to sound like whiny bitch diplomacy. Oh no, we hurt their feelings. Quick, someone pop down to the newsagent and get one of those sympathy cards that says, sorry I inquired about the origins of a global pandemic. Please start buying our barley and lobsters again. And then after we criticise their attacks on Hong Kong democracy, uh, they propose the most teenage schoolyard bully fight technique you can think of. Eye gouging. China has lashed out at Australia once again. A government official warning we should be careful not to get, quote, our eyes poked out. Australia and its Five Eyes allies in Britain, the US, Canada and New Zealand condemned the move as a concerted campaign to silence all critical voices. China calls that foreign interference. No matter whether they have five eyes or ten eyes, as long as they dare to harm China's sovereignty, security or development interests, they should be careful not to get their eyes poked out. Yes, well, in terms of aggressive war-posturing rhetoric, I don't think we're going to poke your eyes out as quite up there with Khrushchev's We Will Bury You or even Churchill's We Will Fight Them on the Beaches. But it does signal a new kind of global diplomacy where we'll be expected to speak softly and carry a big set of protective eye goggles. Also, China is probably upset over our new foreign interference laws, which are a thinly veiled attempt to stop China buying everything up in Australia. Well, the Prime Minister today took a huge new step to protect the country from foreign interference. He's unveiled a plan to give the Foreign Minister the power to override any deal by any state or even university that puts our national security at risk. The proposed laws would allow the Commonwealth to veto agreements made between state and foreign powers. Listed as one of China's 14 grievances, it's only likely to stoke further animosity between the two nations. But don't worry, China, says Scott Morrison. This isn't directed at you. Are about China, are they not? No, these laws are about Australia's sovereign national interests. That's what yeah, your about. biggest concern is China, is it not? My biggest concern is Australia's national sovereign interests. Yeah, yeah, it's not aimed at China, it's aimed at all those Bulgarians and Luxembourgers who are always trying to buy up our seaports and infrastructure. You know the ones. It's all about sovereignty, says Scott Morrison. You know, sovereignty. Everybody loves sovereignty. The great thing about sovereignty is we always respect um, the sovereignty of other nations and and we simply expect uh, the same in return. Yes, Australia always respects the sovereignty of other nations, except when we invade them and topple their governments or bug their parliaments to get the upper hands in trade deals. You know, respecting sovereignty. China also respects Australia's sovereignty and culture too. Just ask a chief a Chinese diplomat in Australia, Wang Jining, when he spoke at the uh, Canberra Press Club last August. China does not interfere in, China, in Australia's internal affairs, nor do we have any intention to change Australia's political or social culture. 
We're not asking Hungry Jack to sell Chinese dumplings. Yes, because we all know Hungry Jacks would never sell Chinese dumplings. Unless, of course, McDonald's did it first, and then they just rip them off and call them Big Jack Dumplings or something. Also, we probably didn't ingratiate ourselves to China when we did this in July. Australians in China, or those considering future trips there, are being warned they could be locked up in arbitrary detention by local authorities. Australians are being warned they could face arbitrary detention if they go to mainland China after the government updated its travel advice. Overseas travel remains banned because of the coronavirus. Not quite sure why we're changing the travel advice for China when the whole world is on the do not travel list, but anyway. Yes, in China they're warning uh, visitors they could be arrested or detained for, for no reason at all. Well, thank God we live in Australia where it only happens for good reason. Like, you know... Eating a kebab. Dozens of infringements have been issued by New South Wales police for breaches of the Public Health Act. A woman was fined $1,000 for driving around without a valid reason, and a man in Newcastle for eating a kebab on a street bench. I find it hard to believe someone was going for a run and then stopped to have a kebab. But um, in, any, in any event, they do things differently in New South Wales. Then, last November, came the biggest attack against Australia from China yet, and they used the darkest and dirtiest means possible. Photoshop. China is refusing to apologise for posting an altered image on Twitter depicting an Australian soldier holding a bloodied knife to the throat of an Afghan child. It's a deeply disturbing image. Standing on top of the flags of Afghanistan and Australia, an Australian soldier grins as he holds a bloodied knife to the throat of a child, and the Australian flag beneath his feet covers the outlines of corpses. The caption reads... Don't be afraid, we're coming to bring you peace. It's a fake worthy of the Photoshop accounts of the worst trolls on the web. Yes, and of course, Scott Morrison knew it was fake right away because he loves dodgy Photoshops. A family portrait on Scott Morrison's website displaying an awkward Photoshop blunder. An eagle-eyed user noticed a pair of white <laughs> shoes poorly edited over his original pair with many pointing out it's a left shoe on his right foot. His staff used Photoshop to replace his shoes with sparkly white versions, but gave the PM two left feet. In all seriousness, China is using its right to free speech on Western social media to post a traumatically violent picture to taunt us once again over our tragic human rights abuses, which at least we acknowledge we did. China making its view known on the shame exposed by the explosive Breton report. 39 Afghans allegedly murdered by Australian special forces. The broader context of all this is that President Xi is trying to turn our democratic systems back on ourselves and foment anger among Australians against our government. Of course, little does China realise literally nobody in Australia cares about whether we did war crimes or not, which of course is a travesty and it's a national tragedy we all need to acknowledge. But in terms of the national consciousness, it's not quite up there with the, the big issues like, say, Rugby League Island or Zac Efron moving to Adelaide. But the thing is, at least in Australia, our journalists and newsrooms are allowed to investigate and report on atrocities and national scandals, and only with a, a little bit of intimidation from the federal police. Federal police have raided the ABC in Sydney, searching for evidence over a story on claims of military misconduct in Afghanistan. It came just a day after an AFP raid on a News Corp reporter, with growing concerns over the future of investigative journalism. See, we've still got an independent free press for now. 
Meanwhile, in China, the news media can't even ask people on the street about the Tiananmen Square massacre without them running away in fear of being seen on, on camera, like the ABC did in 2019. Some students we asked about the June 4th anniversary bolted at the mention of it. Some claimed they'd never heard of it or don't understand it. Others couldn't recognise one of modern history's most iconic images. Yes, and you probably won't be surprised to learn that ABC News correspondent Bill Bertels didn't last long in China after that. Two Australian journalists have been forced to flee China to avoid detention as police hunted them down for questioning. The ABC's China correspondent for five years, Bertels, is now back in Australia. It's a relief to be back in a country with genuine rule of law. Yes, a country with genuine rule of law. We're not like China. We don't have trials in secret, you know. Sorry, what's that? A secret prisoner in a secret trial sent to jail in secret. The identity of Witness J, as he's known, cannot be disclosed. One of the cases involving a former Australian spy known only as Witness K could be held in secret hearings. Australians should be concerned that bit by bit, new law by new law, we are slowly but surely moving towards being a police state. I'm sorry, moving towards being a police state? Independent MP Andrew Wilkie there clearly hasn't been to a music festival in quite a while. By my count, we've been a police state since at least the 1999 Big Day Out. Well, at least we're only using a single uh, alphabet letters for our uh, secret trial uh, defendants. Witness J, Witness K. You know, once we're up to Witness ZZB, well, then I'd be really worried. So, yes, with the ABC's Bill Bertels having fled China, who's going to give us politically explosive and insightful investigative journalism like this hard-hitting piece on... China's beer festivals. Every year, former soldier Zheng Xiaoxin and his mates travel five hours to get to Qingdao for the beer festival. Or this highly politically damaging story on cockroaches. For many, it's the stuff of nightmares. A custom-built warehouse where a billion cockroaches feed and breed. Yes, one billion cockroaches. That's almost as many as in my first Newtown share house. Now, one of the reasons Bill Bertels fled China so abruptly was he may have been scared after this happened. Some breaking news about an Australian journalist who has been detained in China. Please be Chris Kenny. Please be Chris Kenny. Please. Oh, no, wait. They said journalist. High profile TV newsreader Chung Lei has been detained for several weeks and has been out of touch with her family and friends. No, seriously, though, China needs to release Miss Lee as soon as possible and return her to her children in Melbourne. And Australia on the world stage needs to lobby much harder for her release and the release of Australian blogger Yang Hengjun, who's been detained for over two years and has allegedly been tortured while awaiting trial. Chinese-Australian writer Yang Hongjun has been formally arrested in China on suspicion of spying. He was apprehended last January. He says he's been interrogated now by Chinese officials more than 300 times. He still doesn't know what he's alleged to have done wrong, and neither does, neither does our Australian government, apparently. So, where could all this political brinkmanship be heading? Well, with increasing tensions over Taiwan and the South China Sea, many are worried... It could be leading to armed conflict. Australia's trade war with China has been escalating for months, but some experts are concerned it could evolve into military action over the next decade. Now there are calls within the federal government to better prepare our defence force. And if, like me, you're worried that all Scott Morrison seems to be doing is constantly inflaming the situation, well, don't worry. 
Anthony Albanese and Labor have a strategy. Our strategy is to get into government. That's our strategy. A plan to simply get into government is obviously not a strategy to deal with an assertive Beijing. Great. Thanks, Albo. Now, sadly, looking at the future, here in Australia, we're faced with a surplus of barley, lobsters, coal, timber and wine, which is going to lead to a very weird replacement for JobKeeper next month. Hey, unemployed uh, airline pilot, uh, sorry, we're all out of money, but here's your uh, monthly allowance of barley and lobsters. Enjoy. Also, sadly, we're faced without there being any major Australian media outlets in China. For the first time in decades, no major Australian media outlet has a journalist left in China. Still, the ABC hasn't given up on China. We'll get straight back on the front foot and be seeking to put correspondence back there. I'm sorry, what's that? The ABC's news director, Gavin Morris, says he wants to reopen the ABC's Beijing bureau as soon as possible. But surely whoever takes that position is just going to put their own freedom at risk and, and could wind up in jail on an unknown charge. Who would be who would be stupid enough to volunteer to do that? Hey, Gavin Morris, I've worked for the ABC on and off for 15 years. I love going to beer festivals and living amongst billions of cockroaches. Plus, I already live in a country where we have media raid secret trials and people get fined for seemingly no reason at all, like eating a kebab on the street. Also, I'm a video editor. I'm used to staying alone in a dark room all day. So if I get arrested and tortured with sleep deprivation, well, can't be any worse than working night shift on reality television. Also, I studied Mandarin for three years in primary school. I can almost remember about three words. So, hey, ABC, I'm your perfect next Beijing correspondent. Or at least the cannon fodder you send in first to get arrested before you send in the proper correspondent. I don't care. I just want a free trip. ABC, call me. All right, that's News Fighters for today, the 11th of March, 2021. News Fighters is written, presented and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. To support the show uh, and hear extended ad-free episodes as well as a monthly bonus episode, subscribe to Sans Pants Plus at sanspantsradio.com slash plus. Also, a big thanks to Ben, who bought me a coffee. If you want to buy me a coffee, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters you can email us at podcast at newsfighters.com and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcasting app or on twitter facebook and youtube keep fighting and bye for now this is news fighters where we fight the news so you don't have to 